You know, the Christian life is likened to a race throughout the New Testament. For example, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27, Paul says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly, I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. And then in 2 Timothy 5, 4, 7, he says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. And then to the Galatian church, he, he says, in chapter 2, verse 2, I went up because of a revelation and set before them, though privately before those who seemed influential, the gospel that I proclaim among the Gentiles, in order to make sure I was not, I was not running or had not run in vain. And then later he tells the Galatians, he says, you were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? And then over in the book of Philippians, he writes to the Philippian church, do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ, I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. And so you see over and over, Paul refers to the Christian life as a race that can only be run by faith in Jesus Christ. And over the past several weeks, we've looked at men and women who have run this race and who have finished well. We've walked through the entire chapter of Hebrews 11, and we've seen example after example of men and women who had faith in God and how God worked in their lives and how they finished well in faith. And today as we conclude our series, we will look at a faith that runs. And we'll be in Hebrews chapter 12. So if you have a Bible, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. If you don't have a Bible, we have one in the pew in front of you you can use. And we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 and 2. And so going through chapter 11, the writer has shared many examples of people who have lived by faith. And now the writer says this, in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. This is the word of the Lord. So as we run this race that God has marked out for us, we see in this passage there there are three participles that tell us how we can run the race well. In other words, we need to run a race that God has set before us in faith in Christ. And so what he does in this passage is he gives us three adverbs, if you will, three ways to describe how we can run an effective race, run a good race. And the first one that he mentions, he tells us that we must continually be looking to those who have gone before us. And you see this in verse 1. He says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, 
And he has just finished the chapter in Hebrews 11 where he has given all these examples. And what he's saying is, we have this, this great cloud of witnesses, these men and women who have walked by faith and who have finished well. And you may be thinking about this image. You may get this image in your mind as you, as you read this passage where uh, we have this great cloud of witnesses. You might think of a football stadium where you have all the football players on the field and you know, they're playing the game and then you have all the fans in the stadium cheering on their team. Or you might be thinking about a marathon. You know, you're running the marathon, you have people lined all down the road cheering you on. But I don't think that's the image that, that he's trying to capture here. I think the image he's trying to capture is one of a role model or a mentor or an example. In other words, he has just finished this whole chapter of people who have walked by faith. And what he's saying is, not that there are these saints in heaven cheering you on, but rather you have all of these testimonies written for you in the scripture of men and women who in a variety of circumstances, from a variety of backgrounds, had faith in God and they finished well. I mean, just think about a quarterback, for example, on a, on a football team. Most likely, this quarterback had some type of role model in his life that he patterned himself after. You know, maybe it was Troy Aikman or Peyton Manning or Aaron Rodgers or some well-known quarterback, and he studied him, he learned how to throw like him, he saw how he played the game, and he was a role model for him. Or maybe you've had a mentor in your life who has helped you, whether it be in your business or in your family life or in your marriage or just personally. You know, someone who's older than you, who has walked through this path of life, has been somewhere that you have not been yet, and they have mentored you. And I think that's what he's saying here to these early Christians. He's saying... You have this great cloud of witnesses all around you, as recorded in the scripture. All these men and women who have persevered in the faith and finished well. And so for you and for me, if we're going to run a race well, if we're going to have faith in Christ and finish well, we need to draw strength from those around us who have finished well. And there are two ways we can draw strength from those who have gone before us. The primary way is by reading the Bible. In the Bible, we have a variety of people who have uh, faced a number of dif- different circumstances. We have people in the Bible that God, had, they told, that God told them to do things that they would never have dreamed of, but they had faith in God and they finished well. And so we can draw strength from that as we read the Scripture. We can draw strength from those examples as we seek to run the race God has for us. Another resource that we can tap into uh, are Christian biographies. I don't know if you've read any Christian biographies such as uh, that of Augustine or Martin Luther, but if you pick up a biography of a man like Charles Spurgeon or a woman like Lottie Moon or D.L. Moody, David Brainerd, uh, Jim Elliott, any of these people who have gone before us and they have finished well, surely that's going to spur you on in your faith. And so I think for us, one of the ways we can endure and we can run the race well in this life is if we draw from the examples we have in our past, both in the scripture as well as the several biographies of men and women who have gone before us. And so the first participle tells us that we must keep learning from those who have gone before us. And the second one tells us something that we must do if we want to run the race properly. And this is something that we must do even before we start running. 
to some degree, and then we must continually do it. So if you want to run the race properly, you must continually be laying aside the weight, this extra weight, the impediments that slow you down. And we see this in verse 1 as well. He says, let let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And if you can think back maybe when you were in grade school, uh, you can imagine going to elementary school, let's say, and you have your coat on, you have your book bag on, and then you get to school and one of your friends runs up to you and tags you and says, hey, you're it. Well, what are you going to do? Well, you've got to play the game, so you've got to run after this, this boy. And so what are you going to do? Well, you're going to throw off the book bag. You're going to throw off the coat because these things weigh you down, and you can't run as fast if you're trying to weigh, you know, wear all this clothing, all these layers. And whether you have a you know, pocketbook or a book bag or a heavy coat or luggage, we know that when you go to run, you try to trim down what you're wearing. You may wear a t-shirt and some shorts and tennis shoes, but you don't wear an overcoat you know, or a book bag when you go running. And so this is, this is one of the pictures we, we, we gather when we read this passage, when we hear, you know, we need to lay aside every weight that slows us down. And the interesting thing about this is that these things that may be weighing us down, they may not be bad things. They may be good things. But they're slowing us down. And there are some things you need to lay aside if you're going to move forward with God. And that's something the Holy Spirit is just going to have to bring to your mind. You know, what is it that is weighing you down that's keeping you from running the race well with God? It may even be a good thing. But there's another image that I think is important to note here. He says that we need to lay aside the weight but we also need to lay aside the sin that clings so closely. In boxing and in wrestling, there are certain weight classes. And so let's say you're a boxer and you weigh 200 pounds. But you want to fight in the 150-pound division. Well, you need to lay aside some weight, right? You need to lay aside about 50 pounds, Well, unlike when you chase after this boy that tagged you, you can just pull off your jacket, you can just throw down your book bag. You're not going to just lay aside 50 pounds overnight, right? This is something that's more of just a one-time decision, but this is something that is continual. If you're going to lay aside 50 pounds, then day in, day out, it's going to affect your decisions. You're going to want to exercise differently, you're going to want to eat differently. It's going to affect how you do life each and every day. And so I think for us, if we're going to run our race well, yes, there are some things that we just need to put down. That may, it may just be a one-time decision. But there are, other issue, there are other issues in our lives. There's sin in our life that it's going to take a continual saying no to that sin, to that behavior, if we're going to run the race well, and what I want you to think about when he says this, this sin that clings so closely, I want, you to, I want you to imagine running a race with shackles on your ankles. How are you going to do that? You're not going to make much progress if you're going to try to run with shackles on your ankles. And so we need to try to identify the sin that clings so closely, that trips us up in our lives 
And to illustrate how sin can slowly sabotage your race, I want to tell you about a scene that was observed at Niagara Falls. Now, many of you may have been to Niagara Falls before. Uh, it's, it's massive waterfall, and it was a wintry day, and so uh, the falls were covered with snow on the you know, rocks and on the on the on the bank there. And uh, you had ice, you had mist coming up from the falls as the water plunges over the edge. And what this man noticed is that he noticed that there were these birds that would come down and they would swoop down and they would just take a sip of water and then swoop back up. Well, there was another man there who had been to the falls a number of times. And he says, well, it's an interesting thing that you're going to actually, you may get to see in that when these birds swoop down, what they do is they come down and they just take a sip of that nice running water. But what they don't realize is as the mist of the falls is, is rising, it starts to attach to their wings. And because it's so cold, their wings begin to ice. And so the bird swoops down, grabs a drink of the water, swoops back up. But then the bird wants another sip. And so the bird continues, continues to swoop down and grab some of that nice cold water. But after a few times of doing that, there's so much ice built up on his wings, the bird is just carried over the falls. And the point is that this illustrates how deceptive sin is. Sin is as deceptive as that sparkling water of Niagara's wintry rapids. And if we continue to dip into it, it's not only going to, going to just trip us up in our race, but it's just going to take us out. And so the writer of Hebrews says we need to lay aside the sin that clings so closely. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, you know, what, what has weighed us down? What is weighing us down? What, what is the ice that is forming on our wings that's keeping us from going in the direction that God wants us to go in? What's, what's causing us to limp <coughs> down the track? So what we've seen from this passage so far is that there are some things that we need to look to. We need to look to those who have gone before us to draw strength to run the race well. There are some things that we need to stop doing so we can move forward with God. And there are some things that we need to continually say no to if we're going to walk forward with God and run the race well. And then there's a third, and this is the most important participle, and it tells us how we can run the race with unfaltering perseverance. And so if you want the endurance to not only run the race, but to finish the race well, you must continually be looking to Jesus. And we see it here at the end of verse 1 into verse 2. It says, let us run with endurance, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And so what we've seen here is Jesus is not just another example of someone who walked by faith, but rather Jesus is the one who made it possible for us to even enter the race in the first place. He has done all that is necessary for us to enter the race, enter this relationship with God, to walk with God, to enjoy this plan that God has for us. 
And I don't know if you watch much racing or NASCAR. I'm not, personally, I'm not a big NASCAR fan. Um, but I know one thing, and this is just an interesting fact. In NASCAR, and in many auto races, the starting line and the finish line are the same line. Have you, have you thought about that? The starting line and the finish line, they're the same line. And so when the racer you know, pulls his car up, he's thinking about that line. You know, at, the be- at the beginning of the race, he's thinking about the starting line. But then once he passes the starting line, he's thinking about the finish line. But it's the same line. And so all throughout, all throughout the race, he's, he's got his mind on that line. And for the Christian, Jesus is that line for us. He is the beginning and he is the end. He is the author of our faith and he is the perfecter of our faith. And so all throughout our lives, if we're going to run the race well, our eyes must be fixed on Christ. Because he's the beginning, he's the end. He's the originator and he's the completer of our faith. And we know that even in the racetrack, you know, in the, in the NASCAR race or whatever race it might be, you know, when the driver sets out and he passes that starting line, there are lots of decisions that need to be made. You know, when to pass this car, what speed, when to shift down, all these, all these decisions that need to be made, all these actions that need to be performed. But all of these decisions and all of these actions are giving their, they're given their, their purpose and their meaning by the finish line. All the decisions, everything he does is governed by the finish line, finishing the race and finishing well. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, if you're going to have the endurance to run the race and finish well, you must look to Jesus, who is the beginning and the end. He's the author and the perfecter of our faith. So the only way for us to run A race is to look back and draw strength from those who have gone before us. We have to lay aside the extra weight so we can run well. And then we must look to Jesus. And so the question we have to ask this morning is, how is your race going? You know, in your race, do you feel like you're hitting a wall? If so, you need to look back. And read in the scripture, read the stories of other Christians who have finished the race well. And you can see that it can be done. Are you being being slowed down by the crippling effects of sin? If you are, then you need to lay aside that extra weight. And the way you do that is you confess that sin to God. And you thank Him for His forgiveness that's in Christ. Maybe you say, Ron, you know, I've been running the race, but the track, I'm having trouble finding the track. You know, it's it's losing focus. The track's getting hard to see. Well, then I would say, look to Jesus. He's the author. He's the perfecter of your faith. Keep your eyes fixed on Him. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, do we want to run the race of life well? Well, I want to encourage you, it's not too late to run. 
And it's not too late to pick up the pace. And it's not too late to refuel by the power of the Holy Spirit and move forward in your spiritual progress with God. And it's not too late to look to Jesus. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Lord, thank you for having all the different stories of men and women that have trusted you. Thank you for having those written down for us so that we can read those. We can be encouraged that you use just regular people, just like me, just like these people here, to do great things. And that you can enable us, Lord, by your Holy Spirit to run this race you have set before us. And you can empower us and give us the endurance to finish well. Lord, thank you that in Christ you've conquered the power of sin and death. And therefore we can lay aside the sin that so, so closely clings to us. We can lay aside the weights that, that drag us down, even the good things. And we do all those things by looking to Jesus. Looking to the one who authored our faith who carries us through the race and completes our faith. Lord, I pray for each person here, Lord, that you would help us to run the race well. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.